Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Medicare drug prices may be tied to what other countries pay. President Trump signs a law to fight the opioid crisis, and changes may be coming to safety trials for diabetes drugs. Welcome to This Week in Managed Care. I'm Laura Jost. President Trump wants to stop global freeloading by linking drug prices in Medicare Part B to an international pricing index. The proposal, unveiled during a speech by the president at HHS, would create the index in 2020 and start by targeting single-source drugs and biologics. Officials estimate basing what Medicare pays on the index could trim drug spending by 30%. Said Trump, At long last, drug companies and foreign countries will be held accountable for how they rigged the system against American consumers. But the idea found immediate resistance from physicians, pharmaceutical manufacturers, and other vendors in the drug supply chain. According to Ted Ocon of the Community Oncology Alliance, the proposal relies on middlemen, and Congress has had no input. He said, What the administration is proposing is incredibly complex and extremely difficult to comprehend how it would be implemented in the real world of medical practice. Their premise that oncologists use drugs based on financial incentives is simply not founded in fact and calls into question the need for this convoluted upheaval of the current cancer care delivery system. President Trump also signed a wide-ranging law aimed at the nation's opioid crisis. The Support for Patients and Communities Act includes several managed care provisions, including certain controlled substances covered under Medicare must be transmitted with an electronic prescription drug program by January 2021. HHS must create a standardized electronic prior authorization system for use in Medicare Part D. HHS must clarify when pharmacists can deny an opioid prescription because fraud is suspected. And Medicare Part D and Medicare Advantage plans can suspend payments when fraud is suspected and must report this to HHS. The law includes about $7 billion over two years to fight the problem, but implementation will be key, according to an expert who spoke with the American Journal of Managed Care. Said Dr. Arwin Podesta, How exactly will each state use the money? Will they actually improve access to quality treatment or just low-level treatment? Are we improving quality of life or just preventing overdoses? There needs to be much more education on the underlying reasons people get addicted in the first place. An FDA advisory panel voted narrowly to retain a 10-year-old guidance for safety trials for diabetes drugs, but the discussion that led to the vote suggests that changes will be coming for these large studies known as cardiovascular outcomes trials. FDA required these studies after concerns that an earlier class of diabetes drugs might cause heart attacks, but since then, these studies have changed the field, led to new standards of care, and revealed cardiovascular benefits in two classes of drugs, SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonists. Dr. Steve Nissen of the Cleveland Clinic, whose recommendations led to the guidance, told AJMC, We knew that if you did outcomes trials, you would learn things you didn't otherwise know. Some tweaks are in order, however, to bring down the cost. FDA's Dr. William Chong noted that the eight trials have not found excess cardiovascular risk. Some steps may include more flexibility and different endpoints, with more focus on heart failure and kidney disease. Survival rates for patients who develop head and neck cancer are improving, but another risk is emerging. They're at higher risk for suicide. A study published in the journal Cancer 
found that survivors of head and neck cancer were twice as likely to die of suicide than survivors of other cancers. Men were at higher risk than women, and white patients were at higher risk than those of other races. The authors said the changes in physical appearance, pain, difficulty swallowing, and depression associated with head and neck cancer take a toll. Said lead author, Dr. Noseyaba Osuzua-Peters, Now, more than ever before, people are outliving their cancer diagnosis. This makes lifelong surveillance critical. Being considered a cancer survivor does not tell you how well the individual is doing. Some cancer survivors, unfortunately, decide that it is better that they are dead rather than being alive. Regulatory and cultural roadblocks to value-based agreements received attention earlier this week at the Community Oncology Alliance Payer Exchange Summit held in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. AJMC provided full coverage of the meeting, which addressed the evolution of the oncology care model and the challenges that community practices still have with admission rates to the emergency department. For all of us at the Managed Markets News Network, I'm Laura Jost. Thanks for joining us. To learn more about any of the stories in this podcast, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. And you can get in touch with us by emailing info at AJMC.com or following us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.